But you think people still like eating stuff off the floor? What? <laughs> like, what okay, 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 just hear me out, right? Hear me out. <laughs> like, since COVID started, right? Yeah. People have been a lot more, like, health conscious, I would say, or, like, cleanly conscious than I remember seeing humans being yeah. for a minute, right? Yeah. I know for a fact, I won't call any names of people, but I've, you know, some just, it's just quick, and in their house, it'd be in your house, you know what I mean? It just felt the cookie just, boop on the ground like, yeah man you just might i just saying i've uh, seen it happen in the last decade do you think it's still happening at all I mean, now the, the god bless the germs the, the the word, yeah. yeah i don't know that's that's a <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> i don't know well anyway um yeah this is gravel road <laughs> <laughs> i'm rob crawley <laughs> and this dj i'm Farrow. Um, there's been a lot of cool things happening every week and a lot of shitty things happening in each and every week. But the best part about like looking at things from a musical place mm-hmm. is like you really get to see how some of the songs that are coming out really impact the week. Do you know what I mean? When you're just following each release, each song, each vibe. Oh, and like, yeah, okay, like, they dropped today and today feels a little different because of this song. Or, you know yeah. what I mean? Khaled did that a little bit. Although I haven't fully explored yeah. Um, Cali Cali, yeah. Um, but I also was listening to Murray and yeah, he's been he's been having a pretty decent year. Yeah, he's been having a pretty yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. It's pretty dope. The first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, going down the rabbit hole, listening to the concept of his next, I won't say his next major release, but a record that people putting on a lot of playlists. And I think I can't remember the name right now, but it's basically. It's a record where he's talking about his friends, you know, betraying him and like being in this position. And yeah. it immediately started me thinking down the road of like, oh man, okay, this feels cliche. It may be a story for real. Yeah. But it, it feels cliche. It feels like I wish there was, I wish this big record was about something else. Like I expect it to be about this already, I guess. Yeah. It's usually like the first or second single from the album is always about like people being deceptive yeah Yeah, yeah, people being deceptive in this circle and like snakes in the grass and all this and all that and that's just like when i heard it i was like i kind of had the same thing like like yeah this is kind of expected yeah you know but you know it just the thing is to me he has other records that are a lot nicer a lot doper but it's but it didn't get this acclaim yeah and like it made me wonder, does taste really matter, by does, does your taste really... Ma- I mean, when you involve social influence. It's weird because I kind of feel like in this era of music and technology, I feel taste is more... gets way more influence now. Yeah. Rather than it being a genuine reaction to, or reflex to things, like I feel like it's more it's more like a like an industry condition rather than, yeah. you know, something that you like. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, I kind of, like, maybe a couple months, I kind of, like, did a couple deep dives into pop music and, like, and, like, how certain songs and certain trends start getting popular on, like, Spotify and whatever yeah. else, you know, and it's like, you, you, you start to see the psychology behind how certain songs are constructed and, like, how certain songs end up being, like, throwaway songs. And yeah, it's just, like, it's like turns it, into math. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of validates your question, does taste really matter or is it more just like a reaction thing now yeah and i'm sure on some level i've been a little too like oh 
oh, esoteric about it. Like, yeah. but it's so repetitive with so many stories that are cool to me. You know, like Moray's story is still cool to me. Like I've listened to other songs besides what is seems to be being pushed to be the next thing. Thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. he's pretty. I think he's pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. But it is again. It was a question. Is like, does the taste of it really matter? Is because, like you said, that immediate reaction is a good. I remember a time I was stoned. I was super stoned, mm-hmm. and you brought me a song. He's like, "Hey, listen to what they're playing now, right?" <laughs> and you brought me a song, and I was just like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good, I guess." And he was like, "This is good. You had to stop it and play it again." And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's not that's what was I? Because th- I immediately had already been into okay, all the beats syncopated. St- it stands up, you know, yeah. it has something repetitive. Yeah, that's okay." And I realized like I was kind of like off on my own taste. Like I, my, my taste buds was off because when I listened to it the second time, I was like, "Oh yeah, I just responded. I didn't really, be, you know." Yeah. Am I the only one having that robotic response? Are we all doing that on some level? I don't know. I feel like I run into it in terms of like a mental space when I'm DJing and I'm trying to either introduce new music or at least attempt a different mix. Yeah. Because some like you'll you'll do the you'll do the you know the the songs that get the party going, like the ones you know are either chart toppers or like, you know, like just party songs. And yeah. then, you know, you try to sneak in something where people don't really expect. Yeah. So a lot of times I want to say with dance hall and soca, I used to dig a lot, like try to find new music and stuff and new vibes in those genres and try to introduce them. And maybe 80% of the time, like the songs that I try to introduce are the songs that I, that I thought were cool, they would fall flat. That happens yeah. to the artist too, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't feel away. Artists be artists be there like they in a campaign. You know what I mean? Listen, yeah. this record. Let me tell you what happened to my mummy when I wrote this record. <laughs> and then the record come on and the people are like, wait, they they don't. They're listening to the other one. Like, yeah. they still go back and listen to that record that you love. It becomes a different thing, you know, a different experience. But the record that takes off usually is completely different. Yeah. So it was always like a like a mental um, back and forth for me because, like, I always try to figure out, like, why that song doesn't pick up or doesn't get the same traction as the ones that, you know, the whole crowd will be swinging a rag to. And it's like... That it kind of makes me question my taste, you know, and my <laughs> which read. I think everybody should from time to time question your taste, right? Like, yeah, come on, uh, question it a little bit, you know. What I mean, do you think that shirt goes with that hat? Like, question it yeah. a little bit. Do you think that particular dish goes with that? Or are we just trying something right now? Yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing, like, my reflexes it wouldn't react the same way to the songs that are popular, but like the song that I find or the song that, like. I just happened upon was just looking into other different like trying to find yeah, new music yeah. like they would they would hit me <clears throat> they would hit me in the way that the popular songs would hit everybody else mm. so like I'd be wanting to share that same like experience and that same like you know energy energy and then like it, <laughs> it like it doesn't happen so yeah so at the end of the day like I'm just stuck questioning my taste and trying to figure out like where why I'm missing the mark you know what I mean? Because a lot of it is social credit, right? Yeah. Like, it's a. Uh, this is why I, I, I posed a question, or at least this is where I arrived so far in like thinking about it. Mm. Um, it's like, what is attached to it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I've been in studios where I've heard a song. Yeah. And I've heard a song. And while the person's playing, replaying the song over and over, they're playing the song. 
but they telling me about themselves and the song and yeah. like and now i understand it a little more and a little the picture getting a little clearer and a little clearer clearer and now i believe in the song and the person and you know what i mean yeah and so some records don't get that experience even though they're good records in my opinion yeah. i think some records don't get that experience where it's this genuine connection not just to the sonic sounds because i think that's what happened when i listened to that record that you brought it was like it was not slipping off the beat mm. there was a loop of something it sounded familiar and then it was like yeah another song that sounds basically the same you know what i mean yeah there's something about when you're attempting to make something different or sound different and it still sounds good but it's not being championed in the right way you know i've seen certain people this week put their arms around certain artists uh, and i think some good stuff can come from that like and i think that has a part to play in it a lot with the social credit level of how records become like super duper 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 hot like yeah. not all the time this yeah. could be all bullshit like i don't know <laughs> uh, what i wanted to talk this week about was um because i was thinking a lot about pastiche culture and how copying <laughs> well, <laughs> Wait, let me just copy that little piece of your side over there, yeah. and I'm gonna put that on my side. Go ahead, sorry. And, and kind of how <laughs> how it shaped a lot of the classic Bahamian songs that we you know that we all love, and and that a lot of us don't know are covers of other songs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking a lot about Echoes of My Mind from Ronnie Butler. Man. And like, I have a heavy emotional connection to that song, but go on. Yeah, and like a lot of people don't know it's a cover song. Yeah, it is a cover song. Um, and he I just think, did it better. He just yeah. did it the best that it ever was done ever by a human being on the planet. Right. So it's funny you should say that too. But anyway, Echoes of My Mind is a cover of this song called um, People Talking. I can't remember the original artist. Um, we should if we can distinguish Ronnie on that level, but I, 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 <laughs> but I don't. And that speaks a little bit of how I feel about the record because I've listened to the versions of the of the record yeah ronnie's version is like that they might that's his record what you mean cover tell me cover <laughs> it's funny record boy Ronnie did that i was talking to aaron green about this like kind of loosely and like we kind of had the same thing as like it's certain songs that artists just reinterpret or do a cover version of and then you just like automatically replaces the other song and you know yeah in, in terms of canon yeah like universe canon yeah because like you say like echoes of my mind is such it's such a good song and like he brought such a different vibe to it yeah and i just kind of thought it was cool and then it just made me think why there's so many songs in the collective bohemian catalog that are like that you know there are cover versions of songs where you know they sound so superior mm -hmm. and even even in in reggae culture too because it was pretty heavy strong in reggae culture, yeah. strong in jamaican culture as well yeah. yeah so and then i thought about it and i realized too that around the time those songs would have been recorded and became popular would have been the same time the bahamas was kind of establishing itself as a tourist destination and having yeah. that, that tourism boom and then so at the same time entertainment would have been more of a service industry caveat yeah. you know yeah so i feel like you know just in, in those regards like no one no one traveling here would know bohemian music no you know, like like and they wouldn't care to listen for more than probably 15 minutes right so people want to feel good when they're drunk yeah people want to feel good when they're drunk so 
what you're gonna do is you're gonna you're gonna play songs that they know no. or songs that are popular where <laughs> they're familiar. from yeah yeah I, I just thought it was pretty it was a pretty cool insight into into like that culture and and the way we kind of shaped a lot of our musical makeup around those things yeah when you're going down to Nassau by the sea <laughs> yeah. and we all got drunk of gin and Bacardi like that whole energy yeah which is super dope though like to me it's, it's very you know subservient and you know we're, we're you know under control and but yeah. so much amazing stuff but then too, came like, from it yeah and like just like you say like even especially from that era too like it inspired so many international artists as well like it's so crazy to me that that blind blake um uh inspired the beach boys to do, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. do what was it called um uh and i'm here i'm not here to help you That's, <laughs> isn't that isn't that amazing people i'm not here to help you but i know uh, the record as well I think it was a sailboat song. I can't remember. Man, brain fart. Yeah. But then I think to this day, the Grateful Dead they do a rendition of uh, Joseph Spence playing um, "I Bid You Good Night." Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's like a lot of people don't know that. And I feel like it was you, or maybe someone else was telling me that um, that Tony McKay, ex Omar Oberman, was actually like good friends with and a muse of Nina Simone. Oh yeah, that's been popping up everywhere now. Yeah. Somebody else has talked to me about it this week. I guess it's in the timeline. I mean, I because I was like fanboying super hard, like I would research all these stuff, you know, and want to yeah. know more and more and more and more. Yeah. But yeah, it's popped back up. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Tony McKay, he had an album that was more or less a, like an album full of covers or cover versions yeah. of songs. He did this version of um painted black from the rolling oh, stones oh yeah he destroyed that yeah and it was <laughs> it's so perfect i wish i got played more and people were more aware of it because yeah. it's such a it's such a yeah, great a version dope, of that song a dope 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 record yeah yeah it's, it's crazy but how okay what you just described to me is how pastiche culture positively affected the bahamas that's that's the place in life i am this is the lens i'm looking through all right. of that right Newspeak. right, right? How do you think it's affecting us now or could affect us in that same positive way now? Besides the working hard and being a slave and all that, like how could it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't think it stopped um, affecting us positively. I was talking to someone about it. I was frustrated because around this time I was DJing a lot of spoken word and open mic shows and stuff like that. Yeah. And a lot of the times you would have musical acts come on uh, even when you were doing it, when when you were doing showcases at Volume Music, oh yeah, um, you would have a lot of bands and a lot of like acts come on and they would do like covers. Yeah, covers. Like now that you say that, that was the number one argument is why so many covers? Yeah, like play something original. Yeah, like eighty five percent of the music would be covers. Yeah, and. I think I was talking to Rashad Lamont about it, or at least I was in a conversation with him about it, and he raised the point that people don't care about yeah about original music or like whatever the artist had 
in their catalog to play, their personal catalog yeah. to play, and they just wanted to hear tune. Yeah, <laughs> play record. Yeah, I think I think we were talking about the illest reggae band. Oh, yeah, they were the root of the conversation, and like it just kind of circled back around. Like that's what people. Yeah, I wanted more originals. I wanted to get a taste of what the New York show would be like. Yeah, from that time, I feel like the bands and the artists, like they um they kind of grew more into the catalog and, that's true and they did the thing where you build it and they will come Cub, yeah. and that's what they did they just kind of built up their catalog and started playing the songs and started like getting people interested in and what they had to offer and then people became <laughs> interested in what they, they had, had to offer, offer. Yeah, yeah so yeah i guess it's a revolving door like i guess when you're starting out it's easy to play it safe and like play with people like and then I like, gradually introduce them into who you are as oh. a as an artist. Okay. So with that in mind, I am ignorant of what the most recognized played pastiche record is of our time. I can't find it on Apple Music. I can't find it anywhere. Like yeah. what is that record that's like echoes of my mind? Like what is that record now? Um, most recently, I I feel like it might be um, tell all I ain't here. Tell all I ain't here. He better yeah. come home now. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that's a cover song. Oh, and I didn't know either. Yeah, you see, is lot, it a country song? No, it's more like a it's more like a like a blues, like a folk blues song. Bahamians love their folk and blues. Yeah. So yeah, yeah life is blue with this blue water. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there's more out there and I haven't really been listening to the radio as much these days. I guess I yearn for the same effect that those older records seem to yield, like they still echo in now. Yeah, it's a couple of them out there that are still getting played today and um I feel like Tell All I in here is the is the most recent one or the a most big tune. <laughs> that is a big tune, but yeah. that's a huge record, but Yeah. But I, I guess when you look at it that way, it's like, yeah, pastiche culture hasn't gone away and hasn't really, you know, maybe it's just my negative outlook on the world, you know, mm. but it seems like it doesn't have the same effect that it used to have and we don't translate and tip the hat the same way and it doesn't connect the same, you know what I mean? Yeah. The dots don't all connect the way they used to. Yeah. But at the same time, too, I feel like like we're getting a lot more artists more comfortable with their sound. I could almost remember vividly when... um. Elon Moxie and Ancient Man, basically, they were they were running the airwaves. Oh, they yeah, were they like, ran town. They were like X and Jigger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, real talk. In the 2000s. Yeah, right. Um, it was so fascinating to me that they were more or less genuine with their sound. Yeah. And, then, and like people gravitated to that yeah. immediately and just kind of made them like super popular. Yeah. You know, and... They still are. I saw an ancient man on a part of this tour, but Grand Bahama and Abaco, but yeah, you know, like that stuff. That was a cool time. Yeah, that was a cool time. Yeah, and then right after that, we had Basil Smith with um, Sailor Man Sound, and you know, like yeah, because that that dude that record is really ridiculous. Yeah, that's such a huge. Like, it feels huge, like it, it feels like it record. should be a pastiche record, but it's but a, it's, it's an original it's original song. song yeah, and it's so dope. Because <laughs> it really is the Sailor Man sound. Yeah. Pastiche to me always gives off a little air of copying, right? Because that's what it is. When I say it that way, I mean, I guess looking from a creative side, it's like you always look at things in some aspects from a way of, I would like to make something, create something. 
Yeah. Maybe it's just me, but I think it's always a little frowned upon versus the new, you know, the new fresh attempt at something new, a new dish. Mm. And when a pastiche record artist makes that thing that's a copy, but but other artists still feel like, yeah, that that could slide, that good. Yeah. Then you achieve the the thing. You know what I mean? You made it. You made it a good thing, and you also copied at the same time. So, especially not like circling back around anything negative around the copying and pastiche culture. It's only when it feels like you didn't try <laughs> yeah. that it feels shitty. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in, on any level where you attempt to make it sound good, look good, and you, it seems like you paying homage, then it usually feels good. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you're doing a little bit of copying, but now you put some new English on it. You, 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 know, <laughs> you give something nice to it. Yeah. So, is there any new records that you feel could become something pastiche? Um, would you play? Would you place your stock on anything locally now that you feel like, man, that could become a pastiche thing? Wow. I mean, I feel like there's a couple of songs that have that staying power where someone would want to recreate it, like 15, 20 years from now. I think. I was thinking, show me, show you a vibe. Yeah. I could hear that in many different versions. Yeah. And in many different directions. Yeah. It's like, just as you said, that the song that I was trying to think about. Because <laughs> that happens, right? Yeah. I feel like uh, Nakaz's song, Eyes, Eyes of Bohemian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I yeah. feel like it's up there in that in that in space. In that state, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, got, that got to come back around. Yeah. Then we change the energy of swing, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. that's the cool thing about pastiche to me. I saw a, a conversation between lawyers and musicians, and they were talking about chords and what's left that hasn't been played the way you know and recorded and whatever the things is that people think makes it matter. Yeah, what whatever chords and keys are left, and whatever melodic tone you could put them in, mm. it's running out. It's just math. So yeah. You know, maybe it's all a little pastiche. <laughs> maybe. That's crazy to think about, too. I think some of the great things that are happening now, all across the space when it comes to, like, art, music, but music specifically, mm. is there's a lot of people that reattempting, that I've seen recent. well, recently kind of seem like they reattempting to, like, put their story back out in the public domain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To see artists like from around the world that I say I've known for years, decades, well, a decade at least for most of them. Like, okay, you reattempting to come back out and share what's been happening in the last decade. Yeah. That's that's something that takes away from it being copying because that's that person's personal individual journey from then to now. And if they document it right, right, then it can feel it could feel right. You know what I mean? And then if they have the right people around them to champion the idea, right, and say no, 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 check this out or this is what this is from or whatever, like yeah, yeah. then it doesn't feel cliche. Right. <laughs> but then I also just like how you said that I also like the re-education part of it you would have an artist's interpretation of a song and you'd be like, this sounds so familiar, like where does this come from, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you like do the research on it or you, you check the album credits and then you're like, oh, it's from this person and then you listen to that, that song, song and then you realize that might have been a cover yeah. <laughs> of the like original song and then or you found out that it was some song that Smokey Robinson wrote yeah. <laughs> for someone else. And, and hopefully yeah. in the best case scenario, it's getting enough spin so that everybody attached to it yeah. feel comfortable you know yeah. and they getting something from it and it continue to bring some value to them mm. the other day i was thinking about like i watching a ton of content 
from different places around the world right. where their sound culture is exposed and it feels like it's exposed way more than ours but the talent level feels like ronnie butler doing echoes of my mind where it's like these behemoth sound systems like super talented they have supervision but i don't feel like you're getting the same exposure yeah yeah like and a lot of sounds have a lot of different amazing stories and, and i can't put my finger on why that is um i don't know well i mean a lot of the times when i when i when i get into the space where i could be around a sound system or just talk to people involved in that culture it always kind of seems like a closed circuit thing so you think it's like even looking at it as something to expose could have an, more of a negative effect on it than a positive yeah i think it's just one of those things like if you blow it up the less genuine it'll become i think it's kind of like junkanoo in that way mm. and i know <laughs> the junkanoos need money to survive too they need opportunities too i should be able to youtube special edition interviews with them and i should be able to like i don't need i can't have more content just no, because that's what I'm saying. Like, we could do that. Like, junk canoe groups and stuff, they could be... Which they have already some. I've seen some. There's yeah. a ton of content already. But you know what I mean? Like... There, there, there has to be, or there should be an economy around junk canoe. Like, if it's that important to us that we, that we place it in the position of, of a cultural identifier, yeah. then it should have its own economic system around it to make it sustainable. Like, yeah. suppose, suppose the pandemic lasts five years, like what's gonna happen in year six with John Canoe? Like, are we gonna, are we gonna go There back? was a time <laughs> when they would go down the streets and t- it'll become yeah. a Net Geo classic. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So like, it has to be, it has to be a way. <laughs> I've had so many conversations about like things like this but not to detract from <laughs> the sound system <laughs> thing. I just, I just feel yeah, cause like... Yeah, because you just... Wait, that's what that is. <laughs> Take that, go with it. Yeah. I just feel like it's one of those things where a lot of the sound systems, like, they normally start, you know, in a small grouping of people or a small community. Yeah. And it just becomes that thing for that community where, you know, you will have black phone sound yeah. You know, for for this part of Centerville. Yeah. And like every Thursday or whatever they do a they do a big party. Yeah. Or they do some they do something, you know, where people get together. And yeah. It's, and it's more or less for that community. If you blow that up to put it on a level where it has to make money because that's what that's that's what's gonna happen, like with exposure, like then the thing will have to make money then i feel like it'll take away from what makes it what it yeah, yeah like how it does it, what it does yeah yeah it's another one of those things so it's where, a part of our entertainment sector that should be preserved and kept how it is um for the moment i feel until someone comes along with with like an idea that definitely benefits both sides yeah i mean because i don't even know if it would benefit from investors like that or like from money being pumped in because i think because they already travel already and because they already like all the other components already there in terms of entertainment as an industry no i mean in terms of like the sound system itself because like a lot of the djs in these sound systems are way more international than most if not predominantly all of the artists no, I agree, yeah. and and I've seen that. I feel like the construction of a sound system, like even in terms of like building the speakers and like everything, is it's so rooted in pride and yeah. like and community. I don't feel like someone coming with like with a big check, like 
Yeah, you know, like take this money and do this. Y'all gonna do something good with this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it'll be beneficial for that, but then I also kind of feel like that in itself is taking away from what makes the sound system special. The culture the culture yeah. that it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I just want YouTube a couple more shows. I just want yeah, I mean Yeah, but that's easy to do though. But then I mean I guess that also takes money too, but that's also easy to do where you could you could like just, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go through the laborious <laughs> process. I just want to watch it, listen to it, right. see it. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like someone would have to do it, and if someone doesn't do it from a from a space of passion, then they would have to do it from a space of monetary return. Yeah. You know. And so like I feel like that's what it is. Like you just have to find someone that's passionate about it enough to want to document it, edit it, publish it, and have it get it on Vice. Yeah. Make sure it's on so and so. Put it on this network. Put it on that network. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like yeah, all of the moving pieces outside yeah. of, but it sound good. Yeah, I don't know if it should be on the sound system themselves to get out there and be exposed to the world. I wasn't than, putting it on them. I was just saying, why not? Yeah. Well, then in that scenario, I agree. Yeah, like, it, it could, it's something that could be done and and maybe even should be done. Yeah, and yeah. but maybe. Maybe even that in itself, like you say, right now, as things are right now, maybe that in itself could even be more detrimental. You can't, some some things that exist on this island shouldn't be, it should just be for us. Yeah. For now, I agree with that. Yeah. You know I mean? But I don't know. Musically, though, when I go and sign up by a certain sound system, I'd be like, the feeling is be like, man, why aren't there more people buying beer here from this woman? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why? Why? Are, why? You know. Yeah. But when you look at it from a community standpoint, maybe it's just maybe the thing is community sharing a little more, right? And experiencing a little more, which they do. Like that's the dope. The dopest part of it is standing up in a sound session or a dub plate session, and then everybody from each community passing through. Yeah. DJ wise. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 the dopest part of it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a lot better than other things I've seen from internet. Maybe I bias. To my own baby people but i think it's a lot better than some of the things that i've seen online looking at other nights like that that happen around the world mm. well yeah but i enjoyed the track yeah. how about you i did too it was a it was a good one the sun was out today though but it was dope well that's the time of the year it's, it's happening don't run away from it it's happening yeah, it's happening i can't believe we're in may already yeah well, that's what it can be yeah listen this is another track right here on the gravel road with rap curly and dj Ampero. See you next time. Mm-hmm.